Welcome to Because You Need to Know. I'm Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. Hello, everyone. I am Benjamin Anyacho. I live in Austin, Texas. Listen, I wasn't born here, but I came as quickly as I could. I've been here for a while. I live in a place in Austin that is called Flugaville. Austin is uh, the weird place, and the Round Rock is after Flugaville. So I live between the rock and the weird place. Isn't that fun? I'm a project manager. I call myself a quintessential project manager. That's where I dwell. I'm a missionary and a philanthropist. I'm also a knowledge management strategist. Uh, these are some of the things that activate me, uh, that uh, activate my dopamine. <laughs> Simply, I love people. I love to help people. My life mission is to mentor 1 million authentic leaders. You may ask me how I'm going to get that. Believe it or not, I am on my way. That's fantastic. Knowledge flow is important, not only for project management, but just for organizational success. How do you address an organization that cannot figure out how to get the knowledge flow to happen in their culture? Very beautiful question. You know, what drove me to knowledge management was, gosh, I manage projects. My specialty is managing projects from hell. If I throw out my career, the most difficult project nobody wants to mess with, they brought it to me. So I can give you, I can give you I can chronicle projects I have managed that would have killed me. And in fact, I have become an expert in managing complex and complicated projects. I even wrote an article, professional article I call Managing Projects and Stakeholders from Hell. <laughs> so in managing this project, I realized that we spend enormous amount of time duplicating efforts, reinventing the wheel. I'll give you an example. First major project I managed in my organization, I wanted to get charter and the te templates, tools I need to manage my project. I reached out to the PM. Our PMO was a very young PMO. They didn't have the tools, so I started creating templates and tools for my team to manage the project. You know, while I was doing that, our agency had more than 12,000 employees. All that people were doing the same thing I was doing. I called the PMO director, said, how about we standardize all these templates and rather than reinventing the wheel, we synchronize and standardize our operation so that people find it easy. We save cost and efficiency. So you find that this is just one simple exam, example where systems, uh, people don't talk to people, they talk at people. And systems don't talk to people, system, they talk at system. We got so many systems and they're, they're all over the places. We spend enormous amount of time trying to find information, what we need. I think that uh, knowledge management is uh, making the findability and accessibility of what we need to do our job as simple, just at the tip of our fingernails. And it's possible because we have all the tools and resources to make it possible. That is what drove me to knowledge management. I said, gee, there has to be a better way to manage because rather than making the, reinventing the wheel, why not make the wheel to fly? So knowledge management removes those uh, uh, redundancies, for lack of redundancies, knowledge management removes them and makes, simplifies and standardizes operations. And uh, 
uh, processes. From my experience in project management and um, understanding, you know, my software uh, that I was exposed to was Microsoft Project, um, which is to me a, a mile deep and a mile wide software. One thing that you brought up and going back to your introduction piece on the leadership piece, because leadership is not management. How do you create better leaders? And going back to what you said about the talking at or talking with, I love that because that's very much what we do. We talk at people. We talk, you know, you know we don't listen. And a good leader, and I say good in a general sense, a responsive leader is a good listener, right? So how do you build better cultural behaviors around listening, empathy, you know, understanding, wanting to understand, you know, those sorts of things. Thank you very much. You actually brought me to why I wrote a book on Knowledge Cafe. Everybody listening to me here today, if you are honest, you probably have unfriended somebody in, on social media since last year because of their politics, because of their religion, mask or no mask, vaccine, uh, perceived head speech, and so on and so forth. In my lifetime, I'm not an old man, but I have never seen, seen a time when we cannot have a conversation with each other. Like I'm having conversation with uh, Edwin yes. today. But I think we can have conversation with each other. But my book says the uh, Knowledge Cafe curate the environment for a successful Knowledge Cafe. In other words, environment don't curate themselves. You curate the environment. And the leader dictates the tone. Many environments are very toxic. When we talk about environment, we talk about culture. Culture, you can have the greatest vision on earth, the greatest idea on earth, but it will be eaten like a hamburger by culture and environment where it dwells. The leadership has to set the tone intentionally. You know, we are all hypocrites in some ways, but uh, hypocrisy is saying something and doing something else. Authentic leaders who do what they say. I'm not talking about politicians, but they are far away from what we are. What I'm talking about. I'm talking about leaders that set the tone. Conversation, it, it, you, like you call people to the meeting, and say, "I want everybody to express themselves." And when people express themselves, you penalize them from expressing themselves. Are you really kidding me? So, knowledge cafe is the space. Peter Drucker said there are two people in an organization. They he said that uh, the bureaucrats and the lunatics, the bureaucrats are responsible for administering the organization. The lunatics are responsible for innovation. But the challenge is how do you make them work together? He said that the bureaucrats always try to shut down the lunatics and run them out. My thesis is that you bring the lunatics and the bureaucrats to the cafe where they appreciate each other. And they appreciate the differences we bring to the table. In the cafe that has a ground rule, there is no wrong thing said in a cafe because intentionally there's a ground rule that accommodates even something that looks so idiotic. Let me, let me just interject here. For some of the folks that may be listening that are not really familiar with the Knowledge Cafe, can you just give us a brief uh, description of what it is and why it is? So Knowledge Cafe is another tool uh, where you bring knowledge workers, experts, or a combination of experts and non-experts to discuss, to engage and understand a subject. 
and of the choosing of the participant, just like a knowledge in community of practice that is organic. It is not, uh, you are not voluntold, but uh, we, you bring people to a knowledge cafe and uh, people sit in different uh, in small groups and discuss questions that will help us solve project problems or any manner of topics. I've used Knowledge Cafe with my children. I've used it in my board meetings, at board meetings I lead. I've used it in the community. I've used it in church setting. I've used it at work. I use it everywhere. The reason is that at Knowledge Cafe, you have uh, ground rules that uh, opens people up and uh, give them some kind of security and protect their vulnerability. In an innovation, yeah. we never happen when conversation is stifled, when people are not allowed to open up, say, share their, share their mind. Safety, safety. Safety, safety, safety right? yeah. I mean, feeling you feel safe. safe. Yeah, yeah, Of course, yeah. I'm saying this finally, that uh, almost every major invention in the world today started as an idiotic idea. So <laughs> in a knowledge cafe, we said, Bring your crazy ideas. Uh, one of my friends who wrote uh, uh, an endorsement, uh, Dr. Denise Bedford, Georgetown University professor, she said that, Ben, I believe that we all need a space where we can bring our crazy ideas for other caffeinated people to test them out. So in a knowledge cafe, you bring your crazy ideas for other caffeinated people to test them out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And challenge them. I just want to add in another benefit of the Knowledge Cafe, especially in an organization, is you have an opportunity to meet other people in a different way, yes. right? It, it builds that relationship with other people. And if we go back to the safety net or safety environment in a very secure fashion, yeah, I hear what you're saying as far as an outcome to solve problems, to discover things, to bring innovation in perhaps, but a lot of it is just to build relationships, right? To just know who people are. Yeah. You bet. You know, relationship is the oil that drives everything. Would you want to share your knowledge with an enemy? Just raise your hand if you're listening to me. You want to share your knowledge with an enemy, not this cowboy here, ladies and gentlemen. I will not share my knowledge with an enemy. Uh, an oriental man sent his son to a carpenter, a very well-respected carpenter, uh, uh, to train him in carpentry. After six months, the carpenter returned the boy to the father. The father said, oh my God, is this, was he stealing? Is he disobedient? Uh, what's wrong with him? He said, oh, you got a great kid, but he doesn't like me. If he doesn't like me, he cannot learn from me. <laughs> <laughs> so the leading workshop, I uh, ask survey, I pull people. Do you share, how often do you share your knowledge? Often, most times I have very honest people, about 10, 15%, who honestly tell me that they don't share their knowledge with anybody. The rest said, oh, I share all the time. <laughs> so you can't share knowledge with anybody. The relationship is the oil. It, we, in our culture today, when we are talking about uh, justice, social justice, and so on and so forth, what we lack is understanding. Understanding is not knowledge. As I'm talking to Ed, Ed probably knows everything about me, but to understand me, we, we gotta sit down and look at ourselves in the face. We gotta sit down, how, we employ empathy. You, how can you really understand somebody except, there is no, except there's a relationship? I believe that a human interaction is the greatest enabler for the transfer of all human core capabilities. And whether it's empathy, whether it's that ad adaptive thinking, whether it's teaming, whether it is a 
through human interactions. Human interaction is so powerful. Relationship, understanding, empathy. All of that, what you just said is the connection and ability to communicate people to people. And your other comment about how many people have we disfriended or disconnected from because of their sharing information. <laughs> it's like, well, wait a minute now. I'm a, I'm an example of just that. I have reached a saturation limit to certain content that I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Exactly. I'm going to check out of this conversation period because it's going nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> so how do we get to the point where we were living in a cave and we didn't talk to anybody to now we talk to everybody and everybody's got a soapbox and everybody's got an opinion. We've got to get that natural symbiotic relationship to where we, we nurture the things we care about and we have barriers or hard stops that, 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 that we're not going there. Sorry. We're not going there. <laughs> it, it relates yeah. to me. I used to be in the sales business and uh, natural resource world in a family business. And one of my dad's favorite was don't ever talk about religion and don't ever talk <laughs> about politics because they just, they divide people. That's all they do is divide people. So don't even talk about it. But now in this day and age, that's all they talk about is politics and religion. It's like, ah. Uh. Basically, when we come to the Knowledge Cafe, we have a grant. We are not just coming there to talk about anything. No, we come there to talk about a thing. And the intention is to learn. We are learning animals, okay? And we want to increase our learning agility because the learning that brought us here, the pace we learn before here cannot keep us here. We need to learn, increase our learning capabilities and potential and agility. So when I bring to people, I don't want people to misunderstand me that, hey, Ben, you bring people to Knowledge Cafe for them to just talk about anything. No. When I come to my Knowledge Cafe, one of the questions we ask, what are the bottlenecks? What are the problems we are encountering when we are trying to share knowledge, when we are trying to assess knowledge, when we are trying to capture knowledge, when we are trying to store knowledge? What are the challenges? And those are the kind of, we are curious because the best thing about Knowledge Cafe is the curiosity that attendees bring to it. So I don't want you to make a mistake to think that we just come to Knowledge Cafe because we don't have, a, don't have anything to do. We're just there to talk about nonsense. No, we're not there to talk about politics. Nowhere. We're just there to learn. I'm not saying that people cannot talk about uh, bring politics to you. You can have a knowledge cafe where you just want to learn about people in on the opposite aisle of political discourse. It's a good thing. Those uh, hard left and hard right, how about you all come together just to learn from each other rather than thinking that the other guy on the other side is a demon. Conversation happens at the cafe. That is the thrust of my book. That to me uh, would lead us into the concept of, so how, you know, conversation is one thing. Raising awareness is one thing. But organizationally, how do you adapt and change organizational structures based on maybe a, an outcome or a conversation in a cafe? Oh, beautiful question. Listen, I saw Knowledge Cafe as eating an elephant. It is one bite at a time. So when we have, you know, David Gauthier, my friend, is the, probably the person that coined the word Knowledge Cafe. I look at his uh, organization of Knowledge Cafe, he said, um, have a one hour, one and a half hour to two hours in the Knowledge Cafe, 
and then uh, you've spent five minutes introduction, five minutes, uh, 15 minutes theme, and then break down 45 minutes discussion, 45 minutes summary, no note taking. But I realized that in my space, one size does not fit all. In fact, one of my knowledge cafes, some of my knowledge cafe lasts as long as four hours. I had more than 100 knowledge workers across our enterprise. And the purpose was to identify the knowledge silos, the bottlenecks, the tools. And people were so elated. In fact, after the first one, I gave a, a, a survey. How many people will want to come back again? 97% said they are coming for the next knowledge cafe. So in answer to your question, um, when we finish this knowledge cafe, it's not like we just come to talk and have a good time. We actually bring the content of that knowledge cafe and look at what they mean and see the ones that we can translate to policy, the ones that we can implement. Now I'm designing an enterprise knowledge uh, management strategy. This is not just going to base on my idea, based on the contribution, what people talk, how people felt at a cafe when they were free. I'll give you a funny example. Somebody came to the Knowledge Cafe and you get all these uh, senior leadership in the meeting and the person talked about a software that you can't use that software because it will put our system vulnerable. It's an open source system. And the person said, well, we use this. Uh, people said, oh my gosh, I can't believe he said that. The person was not penalized because it was a cafe atmosphere. Because we ask people to be honest and be vulnerable but if the person has said that in a different setting, the person would have gotten into trouble. But because I told everybody, this is a cafe, there is a boundary here. People are allowed to open their mind. Uh, everybody has a voice. So you can't penalize people for really honest because what we bring to cafe is honesty. Okay, there is that honesty and intentionality. So, so the, the outcome of the cafe could be, lead to development of policies and strategies and uh, that will help the organization. After our cafe, we realized that actually we need to develop a knowledge interview program to begin to capture knowledge, emerge as a result of our... So we now began to develop an enterprise knowledge interview program. What you're talking about are building blocks of change, things that an organization can help scaffold itself to adapt, adopt, and change, innovate, right? And... It is, as you said, the oil, the, the, the thing that keeps the friction down is the ability to communicate without threat, without fear, without, you know, to be honest, to, to really be honest. And I think that is a key ingredient to a knowledge ecosystem that wants to fulfill its own destiny of building a knowledge sharing platform. So on that note, what is your definition of knowledge management? <laughs> this is the most dangerous questions on earth. <laughs> what is knowledge management? Knowledge management is managing, just like we manage project. Use project, manage project to solve a problem. So you manage the project to solve a project. You initiate the project, you a plan for the project, you execute if you're using waterfall, monitor and control and close the project, then you'll solve a problem. In other words, knowledge management is managing our knowledge to meet organizational objectives. What is our knowledge? The things we learned, the things we know in the organization. The organization has knowledge. So the knowledge, uh, we have data. We have data. Data is the, the lowest 
spectrum of knowledge management continuum. When you organize data, it becomes uh, information. And information is insufficient to make most decisions. Therefore, information has to be contextualized. When you bring it into context, it becomes knowledge. I usually uh, give this story, say that if I tell somebody, I live in Travis County, you have 1,200 rattlesnakes. 1,200, that's a data. You have 1,200 rattlesnakes in Travis County, that's information, is insufficient. But if I tell you this is a rattlesnake, it is dangerous. It can kill you. That is knowledge. Because you brought context to that very information. Now, when I tell you this is, this is a rattlesnake, it is dangerous, it can kill you, wrong. That is wisdom. Now, you are doing something. In other words, wisdom is applied knowledge. If I define knowledge management in one sentence, I would say knowledge management is one, identifying your knowledge, capturing what you can capture, sharing what you can share, making them available so that people can use, find them, and use them to do their job. So that is a no, in a nutshell, what knowledge management, a novice, you say, what is knowledge management? It's uh, the process because yeah. the human interaction, the mentoring, the job shadowing, the knowledge cafe, the human interaction, the, the, the collaboration, yes. knowledge transfer that happens uh, from human interaction. Yeah, that collaboration is the key, right? That spontaneous and authentic way we communicate in a collaborative environment. That, And I think you go back to the concept of running the cafe in a safe environment. A collaborative environment can be set with the parameters of how safe one feels in that environment to begin with before they collaborate uh, because there could be fearful, fearful of many things. But, yeah, that's definitely the grease that helps keep that lubricated. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate all your context and your delivery today of what you're passionate about, as I could slightly see a little passion there when you got on certain topics. And that's that's really what the passion is about for knowledge flow, right, is to be able to share and not just, I'll say preach, but not just to expound, but to to have a conversation to make sure, oh, you're getting what I'm saying? Are you? What am I? Am I not clear? You know, and that's really a, a a well-rounded way an organization can grab hold of some knowledge flow is to create that safe environment where collaboration can really happen. And I'm not just saying distribution of emails or things that are mechanical, but and I think that's where your key ingredient of the Knowledge Cafe is. It brings people without technology in a face-to-face -face environment or digitally face-to-face -face environment to allow them to just create a space for That's right. conversation. That's right. Because uh, Plutarch, the Greek biographer, Plutarch said the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be kindled. And uh, our minds want to be kindled because mind, the mind is often foolish and biased. It needs to be stirred up. So oftentimes when we go to conferences, we are inundated with information. And uh, my knowledge cafe challenges the one-way method of learning. And uh, spouses, two-way method, conversational way of learning. And I want to pause and say the best thing I have learned on earth didn't happen in the classroom setting. It happened during conversation, that water cooler conversation. That's when the best innovation emerges. It is a process of, of uh, collaboration.
collaboration and um, kindling our mind. And that kindling our mind happens at the intersection. In fact, miracle or innovation, in my opinion, happens at the intersection of connected minds in a conversation. I love it. Well, thank you, my friend. Thanks for being here today, and I wish you great success. Thank you. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.